So being Mother's Day, I should probably talk about moms, right? But first I want to ask a question, and this is a question that Pastor Mike asked about four years ago that really stuck with me, and it meant a lot. Uh, And so I'm going to bring it back up, and we're going to talk about it today. This is a question that seems so simple, so obvious, that it's like, well, of course. But if we can really grasp this, can change your life. The question is this, what if we just did what the Bible says? That sounds simple, and isn't that what we're trying to do? But what if we just did what the Bible says? What difference would that make in our church, in our families, in our marriages, in our community, in our workplace? What if we just did what the Bible says? What a simple concept. And isn't that the biggest problem with the church today is that so many believers don't do what the Bible says? Isn't that it? Why why don't we just do it? Can we do that? In? All right. So then let's just go home. We're done. We're going to do... No. Please don't. I've got more to say. No, but what if we did that? And I'm going to go off on a little rabbit trail here just because I can. How many of you know or have seen, and hopefully you haven't been this one, who have left the church or walked away from their walk of God because other Christians don't do what the Bible says? Touchy subject. But I just want to tell you, and I hope I don't offend anyone, but to me that is the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life, that someone would walk away from their relationship with God Almighty, their Creator, because someone else isn't doing what they should do. Oh man, when you think about it, that doesn't make sense, does it? And I understand feelings and emotions and getting hurt and offended and all that, but, but still, this is your relationship with God Almighty. This is like you're, you're hanging on a cliff holding to this big, sturdy rope that can save you. All you got to do is climb to the top, but you look around and go, yeah, but she let go and fell down, and, and he, he's climbing the wrong way, and huh, this is bogus, I'm letting go. You wouldn't do that, would you? Why would you walk away from your relationship with God because somebody else is or isn't doing the right thing? It's kind of like, why go to a hospital? Everyone's sick there. I'm not going there. That's kind of the point. And that's why we're all here, is to get better, right? So anyway, that's my rabbit trail. Back on track here. Honor your mother, is what I'm calling this sermon. What if we just did what the Bible says? Uh, How many of you here have a workout regimen or or maybe you think you should and you don't or whatever, but have an exercise plan or have ever wanted to start a diet or something like that and have done this. Okay, I'm getting off work. I'm supposed to go to the gym and work out today. But you know, I had kind of a long day and it was hard and what will it hurt if I skip a day? Maybe I should. Or you wake up in the morning, today's my day to work out, but man, I didn't sleep very good and I got a lot of stuff going on today. So I don't know, maybe I won't. Or you're going to start a new diet or something and it's like, well, I was going to start today, but You know, it probably make more sense to start at the beginning of the week, so maybe I'll wait till Monday. You know, you ever done that? Start evaluating whether you should or not. What usually happens when you start evaluating? You don't do it. Because usually you're evaluating because you're trying to find an excuse. You really don't want to do it, right? And how many times do we do that with God's Word? Well, is that what He really meant? Well, in my situation, well, I know I should do that, but when we start evaluating... A lot of times we don't do it. What if we just did what the Word of God says? Just do it. I thought about calling this sermon, Just Do It with a swoosh or something, but didn't want to get sued, so I figured I'll leave that to Nike. But what if we just did it? So we're going to look at a bunch of commandments and stuff in the Bible that God says we should do and just think about what would happen if we would just do it. So where do we start if we're just going to do what the Word of God says? Being Mother's Day, let's start with Exodus 20, verse 12. Let's read that. 
It says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. That's a good idea. What if we just did that? But what does that mean? Well, in the Old Testament here in the Hebrew, the word honor that they use means weight, to give some weight to something substantive, weight or worth. You know, in those days, everything was measured by weights and measures. This bag of wheat weighs more than this one, so, you know, that's the value of things. So give weight to what your mom says and does. Weight or value. And then in the New Testament, in the Hebrew, it means value, just that, value. So weight, honor, means to give weight and value to, to them. Honor your father and mother. What if we just did that? First of all, for the moms out there, I want to say, you are never going to get the honor and thanks you deserve in this life. You're just not. For the sacrifices you make and the things you do, you're just not. And for several reasons. First of all, because a five-year-old, is he going to honor you and thank you for telling me can't have that piece of candy? He's not. He doesn't understand that you're doing it because you care about him and you want him to be healthy and have a good life. He just wants that piece of candy. And then as they're teenagers and start venturing out and trying to do things that they want to do and you're trying to protect them and help them, are they going to honor you for giving them a curfew? Or, you know, They're just not. You're just not going to get the thanks and honor you deserve in this life. That's just the way it is. But that's okay. And here's why. You are storing up treasures in heaven. And the Bible tells us that over and over again. When you do these honorable things, you are storing up treasures in heaven. So we're going to look at some more commandments in the Bible and how it affects us in our life and what we should and shouldn't do and how that builds up rewards in heaven. And we're going to apply it to parenting here as well. So let's read Matthew 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 6 and see what kind of commands we have here. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have your reward from your Father in heaven. So we know we're not going to get thanks and honor from our kids as much as we should, but we're not doing it for that anyway, right? All right, we're storing up treasures in heaven, and hopefully as they get older and you see them become mature, responsible adults, and they start to realize what you've done for them, they'll show you some thanks, hopefully. But we're not doing it so that they'll appreciate us right now, right? We're storing up treasures in heaven. So when you give to the needy, is a three-year-old needy? A little bit. But anyway, this is, says, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by all men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So this is speaking of our attitude and our motivations behind things. Why do we do things? In general, have the attitude, I'm, not, I'm doing this for the glory of God. If you're doing it to be seen by people, if you come to church and put on an act and be all nice to be seen of people, that's all the reward you're going to get. But if you're doing it for God and you're genuine, then your reward is in heaven. We're working towards rewards in heaven, treasures in heaven, right? Okay. Well, not everyone is as fortunate as I am. My mom is awesome. In fact, she's here today. She's right there. Would you stand up, mom? 
but no, mom is awesome. And, and we were brought up in a, a fantastic home. What a great blessing to be brought up in, in a good Christian, solid home. And my mom was the one that made sure every single night as a family, we all worked together. We did family devotions, read the scriptures, prayed together, five of us kids. And my mom is awesome. That's fantastic. What a blessing to be brought up in that atmosphere. But here's the monkey wrench I'm going to throw into this thing. The Bible says, honor your mother. What if your mother is not honorable? Ouch. Because not all of them are, right? There's people who have succumbed to addictions and have let that overcome their life and left their parenting fall by the wayside. There are those who have put career before their kids. What if that's you and your mother is not honorable? What do you do then? And this is where we live by faith. Does the Bible say honor your mother if? No, it doesn't. What if we just did what the Word of God says? This is where we live by faith. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 5.7. This is a simple, small verse that is easy to overlook, but it's very powerful. We live by faith, not by sight. You live by faith, not by sight. Not by what you see, not by what's in front of you. We live by faith. So here's three words that if anything else you remember today, I want you to remember these three words because they're so important coming from the pattern of the scriptures. Faith goes first. Faith goes first. That means you take the initiative. Faith comes first. Do you have to see your reward in heaven before you do the things of God? Well, no. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm just not going to do it. Well, well, then you're never going to see it. Faith goes first. If we follow the principles of the Bible and we just do it, then the rewards come. Faith goes first. Be the bigger man. Be the bigger person. Be the better Christian. Whatever you want to call it, do it first. What if we just did what the Bible said? Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, what would happen if we just did it? There's a really, really good example of that in Abraham. And we're going to take a look at Genesis 12.1. The Lord had said to Abram, this is when he was Abram, before he was Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So leave everything you know, your family, your culture, your comfortable home. He's 75 years old at this point. He has kids. He has grandkids. Leave it all and go where? To a land I will show you. What in the world? Can you imagine if God asked you to do that? Quit your job, sell your house, leave everything you know, and go. Go where? Well, I'll show you. I'd have a few questions, wouldn't you? Where am I going? What's the weather going to be like? Am I going to have a job? Am I going to have a place to... What am I supposed to do? But faith goes first. What an example of that. What did Abram do? Let's go down to verse 4. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. What an amazing thing. What if we just did what God asked us to do? What was the end result for Abram? Man, what a promised land he went to. And then in the New Testament, Hebrews 11.8, again, reiterates what he did. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Live by faith not by sight. Faith goes first. Just do it. Well, what if? And don't question. Why do we resist God when he loves and cares for us so much? Why would we do that? He wants good things for us, right? Live by faith. All right, so let's apply this principle of faith goes first to a few other relational commandments, because honor your father and mother is a relational commandment, and there's attitudinal commandments and all different commandments in the Bible. 
And one uh, relational commandment is love your neighbor. And I hear a lot of people say, yeah, you don't know my neighbor. <laughs> you know what he did, you know. But it doesn't say if, does it? It just says love your neighbor. Well, what if we just did it? And by the way, I want to ask you this. Why are there so many commandments in the Bible? Is this this harsh God up there just playing with us and hoping his minions do what he, what he asks and all this? Is that why there's so many commandments in the Bible? No, not at all. I remember the Christian comedian Mike Warnke back in the 80s had a saying that stuck with me. He says, you know, a lot of people say the Bible is a book of do's and don'ts. He says, and as I read it, I find there are more do's in the Bible than there are don'ts. And if you spend your time doing the do's, you don't have time to do the don'ts, right? And that's true. Spend your time doing the do's. You don't have time to do the don'ts. But why are there so many commandments in the Bible? I love Pastor Mike's example of when his boys were little, and they lived in a town, the road coming into town, the cars would come way too fast, and so it was kind of dangerous. So they had a hard, fast rule in their house. Boys, if you're playing in the yard and your ball goes out in the street, you do not go get that ball. Come and get mom and dad, we'll take care of it. What mean parents, huh? So mean to have rules like that. The kid just wants his ball, right? But see, they understand that if an SUV is coming at 55 miles an hour and the kid goes out in the street, that's not a good combination. And they care about their boys, and they don't want them to get hurt, so that's why the rule is there, right? It's the same way with all this. God's not restricting us. He's given us free will. We can choose whatever we want, and that's the point. You have free will. I don't want you to be forced to serve me, he says. However, he lays it out clear as can be, and we've got to study it and say, so if we do this, this is going to be the result. If we do this, this will be the result. If you act this way, this is usually going to be the consequence. He's got it laid out for us right there. Why would we not just do what the Word of God says. Why not? All right, so let's take a look at uh, Ephesians 5.33, and we're going to read all the way through 6.9. Ephesians 5.33 is a bunch more commandments that, uh, what if we just did them? However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself. All right, guys, here it is. Love your wife as you love yourself. Well, she's been kind of naggy lately, and I don't know, uh, No, love your wife as yourself. God has set us up so women need love and nurturing. Let's do that. What if we just did that? Would our marriages change? And then it goes on and says, and the wife must respect her husband. For whatever reason, God set up men so that their thing that they need is respect. And you might say, he ain't respectable. You know what he did? He made this bad decision. He's not respectable. But you know what I've seen over and over again, and it blows my mind. Wives, when you start to show respect for your husband, whether they deserve it or not, respectability comes to the surface. Suddenly become more respectable. Isn't that crazy how that works? Because faith goes first. If you take the action, then the result comes. It isn't the other way around. And men, if you love your wives and nurture them, love them as yourself, no matter what, if they don't seem lovable, if they're grumpy or whatever it is, you just love, love them as yourself, then the loveliness comes out. Faith goes first. Take the initiative. Just do it. And the result comes later. We're living by faith and not by sight. What a cool thing. All right, let's keep going and see some more of these things that we can do. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. The moms all like this one. So kids, obey mom and dad. It's just what the Bible says to do. So why don't we just do it? Let's keep going. Honor your father and mother, once again here, which is the first commandment with a promise. So it's the first commandment that we see in the Bible that has a promise attached to it. And then there's just a plethora of them from there. Because God is like, 
man, they need to get this. So I need to tell them the result. If you do this, this is the result. So here's a commandment with a promise. It says, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So in light of what we were talking about, doesn't this make sense? If you honor and obey your father and mother and you don't go out in the street to get that ball, you're going to have a longer, healthier life. It's just a common sense principle. Honor your father and mother that you might have a long, healthy life. Just do it. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Even they exasperate you. But bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Slaves, okay. Now in our context, we're not in the slave master culture. We are in employer-employee, right? So this is what we're talking about here. Employees, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Now, what if every Christian employee did that? I think people would like Christians more than they do, right? What if we were all that kind of employee that just did what we were supposed to do? Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, so not just when they're around watching you, but with sincerity, but like slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. What if we just did that? Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Now, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. So now, masters, employers, or if you're a boss, if you're a manager, or something like that, any kind of a position like that, treat your employees in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. You're serving the same God. Don't think you're better than somebody and whatever and take advantage of them and everything. Their God is your God and he's watching over both of you. So treat him fairly. What if we just did that? What a different place we would live in. If everyone did what God's word said, our world would be completely different in a wonderful, wonderful way. Okay, let's apply this principle of faith goes first to some attitudinal commands. Commandments about our attitude. That can get tricky. That's tough to control your attitude sometimes, isn't it? But what if we just did this? We're going to start with James 1-2. This verse says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. When? Is that your first reaction? Is that your first thing is to, Oh, something tragic happened. Woo! It's not natural, is it? Consider it pure joy when you're in the middle of trials. And that's one thing we don't want to face is that in this world, when you become a Christian, everything's not perfect. In fact, you might have more. It might get harder, but it'll be way better. You're going to have trials. You're going to have troubles because that's the world we live in. The Bible tells us that. Don't forget that. But he says he has overcome the world and he will be with us every step of the way. So how can we get to the point where we consider it joy? Well, here's how, when you go through that and you follow this principle, just do it. Faith goes first, then you start to see the result, and then it's easier next time. Uh, An example of that even is uh, being here on the worship team. I play guitar here and on the worship team sometimes, and I'm doing that. And man, I hope you're aware that when we all get together and we're praising God and singing together and worshiping Him, that is a powerful, wonderful thing. And it opens doors to our hearts and to the Spirit And it's a cool thing. And the other thing is that is an atmosphere that the devil hates and can't stand to be in. And the demons just flee. They can't. We're praising God together. They can't stand. And that's the point, isn't it? Our goal as corporate worship is, of course, to bring glory and honor to God and praise him for who he is. And number two, to create an atmosphere that the demons flee and have nothing, want nothing to do with this place. So God is free to work in our hearts and change us and develop us as Christians, right? 
So since that's such a powerful thing, do you think that the devil tries everything he can to stop that from being effective? Of course he does. And man, you wouldn't believe it. Over and over we experience it. We pray together before rehearsal, and then we're rehearsing. In fact, I understand that maybe last night was one of those nights it started happening. That, I mean, things just go wrong. Start going side. One thing after another. A guitar won't stay tuned. Something goes wrong with the soundboard. Something won't work. We just can't get together on some song. And just stop. Ah, yuck. And it won't come together. So it'd be easy to get discouraged in that situation, wouldn't it? Here's what we've learned as a worship team. When that starts to happen, God must have something really good planned. Because otherwise, why is the devil messing with us? Why would he care if it wasn't going to be effective? So, woohoo! we have pure joy when you start seeing them things happen. It's like, all right, God, let's go. Here we go. That's how you can consider it pure joy. And then when you see the result, because many times that's the case, it just feels off. And then we get done and go, wow, God was here and he did some stuff. This was really cool. And so the next time we consider it pure joy. So how long do you think it takes before the devil goes, well, I'm not messing with them. It's only going to make them stronger. I'm not going to try and mess up there because they're just going to consider it pure joy and all this stuff and it's going to be better yet. So that's how you do that in a situation in life. You get in a situation that seems harsh, but you still know who God is. You know he's in control. And you can say, man, God, you must have something good. I'm trusting you. This is really a bad situation, but I can still consider it joy because I know he's in control. Very similar to the next scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You ever want to know what God's will is for you? His will is that you can grow and develop and come to a point in life where you give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because, man, what a great place to live. That'll put you in the fullness of God. And now, to be clear, this is not give thanks for all circumstances. Oh, thank you, God, that I have this sickness. No, that doesn't make sense. It's give thanks in all circumstances. I would say in spite of all circumstances. Because, yes, I have this sickness or whatever it is you're dealing with. But God's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still my healer. He's my overcomer. Praise God. I can be thankful in all circumstances. And then you come out on the other side of that circumstance and you see that, man, he really did conquer and he took care of me and it was tough, but he got me through it. He sustained me and held me through it. And the next time something happens, you go, praise God, I can still be thankful. And you get stronger and stronger and better. And that's what the Christian walk is all about. What if we just did what the Word of God says? Faith goes first. Take the step. Take the initiative. Do it. The results come later. Live by faith, not by sight. Just do it. Let's read quickly Mark 11.25. This is really, really important. This is such a huge thing. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. One of the biggest things that holds us back from experiencing all of God and from being freed and set free and purified and changed by Him is unforgiveness, bitterness. You got your feelings hurt or someone did something or all that. Have you ever experienced it when you're praying? We're here, we're worshiping God, we're praying, and that's the time when the Holy Spirit starts to prick your heart, isn't it? You know, you're in this great atmosphere, you're praising God, and suddenly you're getting, you got to let this go. You got to let this go. You got to let this go. You need to make this right. Holy Spirit does that. Why? He's trying to squelch your fun. 
Because he knows that that is the thing that is holding you back from receiving the true blessing of God, opening up the floodgates for the Holy Spirit to change you, to purify you, and set you free. You see, when you're holding something against somebody, it hurts you, not them. And when you forgive and let it go, it helps you, not them. It doesn't affect them. It affects you. It affects your attitude, your health, your everything about you, and your spiritual health especially. And that's why in those situations, especially the Holy Spirit's like, come on, man, I've got so much more for you. Just, you've got to let this go. You've got to let it go. It's really important. What if we just did that? What if we just did what the Bible says? What kind of things could God do in your heart, in your family, in your marriage, in our church, in our community, in our workplace? What if we just did it? It's a powerful thing. And on this Mother's Day, I'll tell you the best way you could honor your mother is to do this. Just live a godly, well-principled, responsible life. What an honor for a mother to see her kids grow up that way, right? What a great accomplishment. I just want you to know that our Father loves us so much, and He wants good things for us. Right now, He wants a wonderful, incredible, full life for you today. A lot of people have the idea that it's one or the other. Okay, I'm going to follow the principles of God. I'm going to give up all my fun. I'm going to live this life of drudgery so that someday I can be in paradise forever with my God. Or the other way around. I'm going to live it up now. I'm going to enjoy life, do everything I can to enjoy life and eternity. Well, we'll see. It's not one or the other. Do you understand from all the stuff that God wants you to have a completely full, exciting, wonderful, peaceful great life right now, and have an awesome paradise with him. It's a win-win. So why would we not just do what his word says? Amen? Just do what he says. He's a good, good, good father. I'm just going to challenge you today. Quiet yourselves before God in this time. Say, God, what is it? You know what he's been working on in your heart. You know the thing that you either have been doing that you shouldn't, or that you need to do that you haven't. Because the Holy Spirit's working. I just, just give in. Just do it because the result's going to be awesome. You can be so much more free in God. Just let it go. I'm going to read one more scripture here. 1 John 3, 1 through 2 tells us what kind of a father we have. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we could be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is it didn't know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He's got great, 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 incredible plans for each and every one of us. And we don't know what all that is now, but we trust him. We know that it will be. We're living by faith, not by sight. So just do what the Word of God says. Don't evaluate, resist. Just do it. God has great things for you. Praise God. Let's pray. Thank you, God, so much for what an awesome Father you are. That you love us so much to give us free will and let us go our way, but yet you give us all these guidelines and this perfect bright light to shine on that if we'll just look at it and study it and just do it, you have incredible things planned for us. Thank you for how you take us through tough times and hard times in our life and and show us that from those situations. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to grow through whatever it is we're in the middle of right now, God. And I thank you again, Lord, for the moms. I just pray again that you would bless them in a special way today. Just help them to feel honored and blessed. Protect us and be with us as we go our way now. In Jesus' name, amen.